Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. So I want to just start, the, the title of my message today is Remain in the Vine. Remain in the Vine. And you know our church mission here is to live and to love like Jesus. And so um, the reason why we have this, this mission statement is that sometimes churches, uh, ministries are built around uh, ideology and uh, uh, beliefs or, or s- certain focus on non-essential theology, and they build around theology, and that's okay. But as a church, one of the things the Father spoke to me, God spoke to me back in uh, the new year of 2020, was uh, when I was reading through Matthew, and, and, and uh, the sheep and the goats were before Jesus. How many know the parable, right? And he has the sheep and the goats, and he separates them one side to another, and he says to them, he says, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was in the hospital, you visited me, right? And he said, when you've done this to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. And he welcomed them into the kingdom. He didn't say, well, did you believe in this theology or did you, you know, believe in this? Or you, what did you believe? He didn't ask them that. He said, were you busy doing stuff, right? And so I thought more important for us is really how can we live and love like Jesus? How can we take the Word of God and, and, and process it and apply it in our lives? And that was a time we started Catherine's Kitchen. We took it over uh, from the Salvation Army, and we began to serve uh, in that capacity. So God wants us to be busy serving and doing something for Him. Amen? And so, uh, so we have this mission statement to live and love like Jesus. And how we do that at, at the Crossroads Church is we have core values. And so we'll bring up the next slide here, Brian. And so the core values are, we use the word riches. So what true riches are to us is our relational discipleship. It's not enough for you guys just to listen to somebody preach to you. We want you guys to meet in circles face-to-face and learn to minister to one another. And that's why we do connect groups. And we encourage people to go out and to build relationships with people and share your testimony and share your faith, right? Because if you don't build a relationship, see, relationships are the only thing, it's, it's the only bridge strong enough to carry the weight of truth to somebody. If you're not willing to have a relationship with them, you can't carry the truth of the gospel to them. Amen? So, so you know, sometimes we stand on the street corner and we preach. Well, I've done it. And, and people aren't as receptive. But when you get to know their story and you build a relationship, then they want to hear your truth. Okay? People don't care what you know until they know how much you care. Okay? So we believe here in relational discipleship. Uh, the second thing is innovation and creativity. See, Jesus gave us a message, not a method, because he knew that things would change, culture would change, right? Um, you know, things change. So he gave us a message, not a method. We're going to be talking about some innovative things we're going to do in 2023 towards the end of the message. And then C stands for character and honor. How many know character is important? H is Holy Spirit led. E is we want to have a spirit of excellence. We want to give God our best. And then S is servant leadership. So these are our core values as a church. And I just felt as we're going to 2023, I wanted to focus here on servant leadership, what that means, okay? So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 20, verse 25. And Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them, okay? 
So he's saying, you know this. How many know that's how the world system works, right? But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave, okay? For even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many, okay? Now, we understand looking at a political landscape, Canada was founded, okay, and governed for the most part with Judeo-Christian values, okay? And we have what we call a democracy, okay? And, um, and that's why we have public servants. So our mayor is a public servant. City council members are public servants, right? The police officer is a public servant. They're there to serve the people, right? And w- you can go to countries where they have lords over them, right? And rulers and commanders. They don't have public servants, okay? And, and, and all this will change as we move further and further away from Judeo-Christian biblical views. So that's why we're seeing more control coming in around us. We, we shouldn't be surprised. Jesus said, hey, this is the way the world works, right? And so we're seeing a little bit of that changing, right? Uh, and so it's important to pray for your leaders, and it's really important to get out and vote, right? We want to make sure we're voting for good leaders. But we also see that Peter is talking to pastors and leaders, and he says in 1 Peter 5, Verse 2 and 3, he says, Care for the flock of God that he has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people, okay, that are assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. So leaders, as leaders, and we're all called to lead in some capacity, we're to lead by example, not by lording over people, right? So we want to lead by example. We don't want to control, okay? And, and we know um, a lot of leaders who, some of we can think of leaders who didn't lead well by example, you know, and we see pastors and leaders who have fell. But I want to say this. Let's look at the positive. There's thousands and thousands of ministers that have led well, by example. Amen? It's so easy, so easy to focus on the negative, but we always have to think about what is lovely, what is pure, what is good, and we have to praise God for those who have led well with a good example. But here's, here's the point I want to make. God's leadership style is completely different. See, when Jesus came to say to his disciples, I want you to serve, I don't want you to lord, it's because God is not a, a lording God, even though he's lord of lord and kings of king, Right? But he, he's a servant God. He's come to serve his people. And uh, to prove that, we know that God has given us the Holy Spirit, not as a commander, right, and chief. So uh, Jesus didn't say to his disciples, it's to your advantage that I go away because the Father's going to send the commander-in-chief. That's not what he said. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away because the Father's going to send you the helper right? And he's going to be the counselor, and he's going to be the comforter, right? And and I want to say this. This is the language of relational leadership. This is the language of parental leadership to comfort, to help, to counsel, right? And this this is what leadership in a relational context should never be controlling, right? Now, sometimes it can come across as tough, it can come across as stern and disciplinary because how many know when you love someone, you've got to be strong with them? But ultimately, we've got to allow people to choose. We can't lead people by controlling them. Can I hear an amen? 
So leadership that's birthed out of control needs to use fear and intimidation and manipulation in order to motivate people to follow. But the kingdom of God is not like that, right? Leadership founded on relationship will build trust and because we lead by example. Therefore, instead of needing to motivate people, we can inspire people, right? And so, you know, motivate means to, 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 uh, to make someone want to do something well. So, for example, you tell your kid, listen, if you don't want to work for minimum wage and you should go to college because you, you, you need to have a good job or you're just not going to make enough money, and your kid's like, yeah, I better do it. It's a good idea. And they're motivated to change, right? But inspiration is to make someone feel that they want to do something and they can do it. And, and when we are servant leaders, uh, people look at us and say, I want to be like Jesus. I want to respond the way they respond. And there's a passion that's birthed that can only be birthed through a servant leadership style. It can't come through control. Controlling leaders can motivate, but they cannot inspire. So how do we inspire people? The word for 2023 that God gave me, it's one word, and it sums up servant leadership, and that is this word. This is a year of empowerment. Amen? God wants to empower us, and he has 2,000 years ago. He said to his disciples, not only am I giving you the Holy Spirit to comfort you and to counsel you and to be a helper, but he's going to empower you to be witnesses. And so we're already empowered, and God is saying, I want you to go out and empower the world. I want you to empower your neighbors. I want you to encourage people around you. Okay? And so how do we empower? We can communicate with people, and then we trust them. And you know, so many times, I'm a controlling person by nature. I want to control things around me. But Jesus never did that. And this is amazing because Jesus preached to people and he said, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. And I'm like, what does that mean? That means I'm going to give you the message. It's up to you what you do with it. And when we're not controlling, we're here to bring a message. We're here to bring information and direction, but it's up to you what you're going to do with it. And people need to know that they're not being controlled, but that they're given options, and they, can, they have their own free will, and they can make decisions based on what they can gather, right? And this is our God. He never pushed people. He never manipulated people. He just said, hey, if you have ears to hear, this one's for you. And we have to be people like this. This is God's way. Amen? We talk about how God empowers people. We see Jesus. He chose 12 common men, fishermen, you know, tax collectors. He didn't go after the Bible school students and the Pharisees. He went after common people because he could see the diamond in the rough. And God wants us as a people to see the diamond in the rough. He wants us to look at people and, and not see. we got to look at people and see the Christ, not the crud. It's so easy to see the issues in people, but we need to see where God wants to take them to. We look at Moses. Moses goes before the Lord and says, I'm a stutterer. I can't speak properly. How can you use me? And God says, no, you're the man. I'll give you a staff. I'll give you your brother. But you can do it, right? And he encourages him. And he, he, he empowers him to go out and lead people. We look at Gideon. Gideon says, he's hiding in the wine press. The Philistines are attacking. And he's, he's afraid. And, and the angel shows up and says, you're the mighty man of valor. God has chosen you, right? And Gideon's like, are you sure? I'm the least of my tribes. Like, I, I'm the little guy. You can't use me. And God says, no, I've chosen you. You're the man. I'm going to empower you, and I'll get the glory, right? We look at Esther. Esther's an orphan girl, right? A Jewish orphan 
in a Gentile nation, and God says, you're the woman, and he rises her up. David's not even invited to, when the prophet came because his own father thought, oh, it couldn't be him. He can't be the next king, and guess what? God says, you're the man, and he empowered him. See, we have a God that wants to empower us. God's not looking at our crud. He's looking at the Christ in you. Amen? That's good. And so God empowers all the people we read about in the, the Bible. He's empowered them. And you know what? He's still in the empowerment business. To empower means to make someone strong, to make people more confident. That's what it is. To make someone stronger and more confident, especially in controlling their life and claiming their rights. And so that's what Jesus did. And he says, you know what? You're, you're in me. I'm ascending to the Father. You're going to be raised up with me. I'm giving you authority. You're a co-heir with me. I've given you my name. I've given you my Holy Spirit. I'm empowering you. Go and change the world. Right? And that's what we want to be with people. We want to tell people, listen, you can be confident in what God has put in you. You can overcome. You have all the rights you need. Go and live life and make a change. To disempower means to cause a person or a group of people to be less likely than others to succeed. To prevent a person or a group from having power, authority, or influence. How many have ever felt disempowered, right? There's a movement to disempower parents and citizens and independent, uh, independence from citizens. And, and we're seeing that even what, what's happening in, in Parliament. I don't know if you brought that up. The bills in the House right now uh, to take people's guns away in Bill C-21, to censor the Internet, Bill 36, forcible vaccination, Bill 36, seizing people's property, Bill 36, fine and jail if you dissent, Bill 36, Label the unvaccinated as mentally insane and lock them up, Bill 36. These things are going on. So is this controlling or is this empowering? Right? And we shouldn't be surprised. We should not, we should not be surprised that this is happening in our world. And it's not just happening in Canada. It's happening around the world. Right? And uh, the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because as the world systems... Okay? get more and more controlling, people will come to the church looking for help, looking for comfort, and looking for counsel. They're looking for the helper, they're looking for the counselor, and they're looking for comfort, and they're looking to be empowered. So this is an opportunity for the church to shine and say, we're not going to be controlling, we're going to be servant leaders, and we're going to come and empower people, and we're going to believe in people in 2023. And the world's going to come to the church to receive the light of the gospel of the kingdom. Amen? Now, when you're naturally a controlling person like myself, because I am a controlling person, you need to learn to let go of control. So here's a little test I'm going to ask you to see if you're controlling. You guys ready for this? Here's a test. Do you need to have the TV remote? I'm going to guarantee the person in the family that has to have the TV remote in their hand is the most controlling person in the family. So let's see your hands. Be honest now. All right. Okay. That's me. So give me the control. And then, the, then the, you know, my son's got it and he goes to the bathroom and then I take it, right? Are, are you driving the car even when you're not in the driver's seat? See a show of hands here. Okay. Awesome. 
Do you need to get the last word in all the time? Even if you know you're wrong, you just want to get the last word in. Do you find yourself criticizing people or their motives? Right? No, no, we won't admit to that. Are you always trying to change people, right? If you do any of those things, right, you're a controlling person, right? And you need to renew your mind and you need to stay in the vine. And I want to just finish with this passage here. We go to John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5. It says, Jesus says, remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, okay? For you cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For Apart from me, you can do nothing. So how do we remain in the vine and what does that mean? By keeping his commandments. If we read the whole chapter, we'll see it's about keeping the commandments of the Lord. What are his commandments? John 15, 12 sums it up. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. Do you know that Jesus has forgiven you your sin? He's thrown it as far as the east is from the west, and he wants us to be forgiving and loving and caring and take care of one another. That word loved is the word agape, right? It's actually, it's, agape is, is a noun. It, it actually is the, the benevolent, unconditional love of God, which is represented in the cross. The word used here is agapeo in the Greek, which means it's the verb form. So it's an action. So we're supposed to take the unconditional of God, love of God, and put it into action and to tenderly care for one another. Isn't that awesome? And this is what Jesus said. My commandment is that you love each other in the same way that I have loved you. God wants us to move into sacrificial service to one another, right? Not to look at the crud, but look at the Christ, right, in one another. And the one way we do that is encouraging one another towards good works and edifying one another, okay? And I think what God has really revealed to me in the last five years, I would say, is understanding the purpose of Scripture. What is the ultimate purpose of doctrine and Scripture? And this is it. Biblical theology has the purpose of restoring relationships on three levels. To restore our relationship with God, with ourselves, and with one another. Amen? And in that order. That's why it says, we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We cannot love people if we don't love ourselves. And you know how you get to love yourself? You have what we call contemplative prayer, being quiet with the Lord, having intimate time with God, alone with God, and he reveals through the scripture how much he loves you and how much, what he thinks is great about you, and you begin to love yourself. But we live in a society where it's go, 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 go. We don't have time to stop and be still and know that he is God. And if you don't love yourself, spend some time in 2023 in contemplative prayer saying, Lord, I want to spend time alone with you. And he'll reveal his love to you and you'll begin to love yourself and you'll have an overflow to give to others. Amen? And so that's just a little nugget of truth I wanted to give you. Okay? Uh, unfortunately, a lot of Christians use it as a weapon against each other. And uh, they're arguing and fighting about non-essential theology, which to me is a waste of time. Right? The essential theology is Jesus. The non-essentials are not as important. We're to love one another, get along, and share our faith. In Malachi 4, 5, and 6, 
Look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching is going to do one thing. It's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, unless I will come and strike the land with a curse. See, it's so important to God that hearts are connected in relationship. He says, I will come and bring a curse on the earth unless we see the hearts being restored. God's will is to see love and unity among the churches. Can I hear an amen? Right? That's what God's heart is. And that's what God wants to see in 2023. So why don't we stand as I pray? Father, would you give us a picture uh, of someone you would like us to empower and to serve as servant leaders in 2023? And uh, we want to make a commitment to do our best to pour into and believe in that person and to lead them with the best of our ability. As we're moving now, we're into 2023, we're going to have an opportunity to to sow and to serve as servant leaders in our community. We're going to be able to pass the light to others. And God, I ask that you would just speak to our hearts, show us who those people are, and we worship you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.